Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. This episode is brought to you by Progressive. Most of you aren't just listening right now. You're multitasking. But what if you could also be saving money by switching to Progressive? Drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average, and auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. So multitask right now. Get your quote now at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates national average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. I'd like to, again, be respectful uh, of the organization. Um, I think the, the most, you know, one decision that, that will be upcoming will be obviously Devante and his future with the team. Uh, there still is this thing called the franchise tag, um, which I you know, don't think 17 wants, <laughs> wants the franchise. Like no player ever wants the franchise. Ever! <laughs> but that uh, decision on that, I believe, is in February um, and in late February. So I think I think that should be enough time to make a decision. Um, by then, um, I don't want to put myself on a specific date, but I, again, I do want to be sensitive to uh, Devante and many other guys who uh, you know have decisions to make on their own futures. And to drag it out past free agency would be disrespectful to the organization and to those guys, and that 100% will not happen. He's got his deadlines all messed up. Free agency begins next week. The franchise tag deadline is today, not late February. All that matters is, frankly, next Wednesday or really next Monday because that's when teams are going to kick their efforts to find new quarterbacks into overdrive. And it's not like there's a ton of free agents out there, but if you really want, if you really want everyone to know what's going on, if you really want everyone to have maximum information, you do it before Monday at noon. Um, uh, and and again, that's more of a that's more of a benefit to the other teams out there. That's now, what, what does it he is. owe them? Right, right. What does he owe them? He doesn't owe them anything. Right. The, the, now now it also affects the other quarterbacks who are sitting around wondering who's going to call me because we're all waiting for Aaron Rodgers, who holds the, the the power. And maybe he didn't realize in January how much power he held. Maybe he's starting to realize how much power he holds, and he feels like holding on to it. I'm not saying that's wrong. Yeah. I'm not I'm not casting aspersions. I'm just saying maybe as time has gone by and he's gotten closer to the end of this, he realizes number one, people really want to know what I'm gonna do here. Yeah, right. I'm kinda holding I'm right. kinda holding up the party. Yeah. I kinda like that feeling. 
Number two, they're not talking about me less because this is all uncertain. And, uh, you know, number three. I don't know what number three. I don't have a number three. But number three like is, you know what? Three. I'm Aaron freaking <laughs> Rogers, and you know what? I'm going to take my damn time and figure this out. If I have to take a few extra days, that's that. That's what I'll do. I I, I don't disagree with what you're saying there. He probably is a little. He probably realized. Wait, wait, wait. What the, what the hell? Why have I put myself under the gun to make a decision by a certain date? You know, ballpark. Just be in that area, Aaron. You know, to the to the points that you explained, Mike. I mean, the biggest thing is like we've said all along. It's about the other team or the team you're going to pick being able to get his ducks in a row for free agency and how to attack it there, knowing you're going to come and they're going to have to, you know, absorb your contract, maybe pay you more. I don't know, but that that's why if you're Aaron Rodgers, you want that done here sometime in the next week, you know, it's, it's going to help yourself. It's going to help your team that you're going to pick. So where does it go? I don't know. Uh, I don't you know. And it's, it's going to be interesting. I mean, I know you're leaning, it seems like you're leaning. You think he'll go back to Green Bay. I guess if you had to pay me money, I guess I feel like he's going to go back to Green Bay too. But, man, if I was him, I'd be telling him to go. I, the Tennessee Titan thing is the one that really interests me. That's the one where I'd, I'd be going, hey, Aaron, I mean, the Titans, I don't know. I just they're, They seem like they're set up. It's perfect for you. It really is. It's an offense that I think is even, you know, not the same but similar that way. Uh, it, it, it would make sense for the Packers if they don't want to throw Jordan Love out there. Hey, here's Ryan Tannehill. You could start here for a year or two, whatever. They can evaluate the situation. I don't know why, but as time goes on, that's that's the team I continue to kind of look at more and more. Can I throw out a theory? And it's not quite a theory. I think I learned in science class a long time ago that before it's actually a theory, it's just a mere hypothesis. A theory has been subjected to the rigors of experimentation and you have some confidence that this idea that you pulled out of the air or out of your ass sorry it has some merit to it this is something i am pulling out of the air and or out of my ass again i apologize although i really don't no you the don't second time Since i knew you said i was it saying it I, right. I just i needed to Sounds i needed good. It to it needed to mesh it needed to flow okay here's my here's my hypothesis coming from there or elsewhere uh, <laughs> his cap number is $46.6 million. Right. Second highest in football, 40, right? $46.6 million. And, folks, what that means, here's how this works. By next Wednesday at 4 p.m. Eastern, the Packers have to be under the spending limit for 20 it's not a spending limit. It's a cap limit. It's not what you spend. It's what the cap dollars are allocated to this year. They're not going to spend $46 million on Aaron Rodgers this year. It's past spending pushed forward that gives him the cap number. So your total cap dollars this year, $208 million, I think. That, is that number 208, 208 or 28? 208. It's 208. What if, what if he just says, I'm not doing anything, Green Bay. I uh, I don't want new no, contract. No extension. Just make it hard. I don't on want to do an extension. Yeah, right. I I what what if, what if I would at least play this out of my brain if I were Aaron Rodgers? What if I don't want to be traded? What what if I what if I don't want my next team to have to give up assets that will make it harder for me to be successful? Right. Goody wants whatever he wants. And we haven't heard anything about what the Packers want because it's not like they're going to get three ones. I really don't think they're getting three ones at this point. 
because Rodgers wants out. Right. And Rodgers has the hammer of saying, I'll right. just retire. Right. He no longer has to worry about Tom Brady overshadowing him at the Hall of Fame because Brady's playing again, I believe. And I think <laughs> plenty believe, too. So that he can now waltz right in and overshadow Ben Roethlisberger if he wants to. But um, I, I'd be tempted. You want to be hardball? You want to be hardcore? You want to be Aaron freaking Rodgers? You say, hey, you know what, Packers? I'm fine to play for $26.47 million this year. And I'm fine to have you carry my cap number of 46.664. Yeah. I'm fine with that. You I figure just it think- out. As, as Peyton, the old Peyton Manning adage, it's not my job to manage yeah. the salary cap. Right. It's my job to get paid. Okay, but here's you know here's the so but he does that right, and I I'm I'm here you I hear where you're going with this, but if I'm Green Bay and if it comes to that point, I just go well okay fine, and you're gonna play for us, and we're just gonna take it on the chin, uh, maybe they'll have no choice. I but I can't imagine them, you know, cutting them or doing anything like that. I don't think they'll do that again. Green Bay's trying to play this PR machine thing too that they that they're not looking bad as well, and. I don't think they're going to cut a guy with a cap number of 46.7, as big as that is, second highest in football, one of the biggest ever, I believe. I think Matt Ryan's setting the record for the highest cap number yes, in the history of football, right, this year. But but uh, two-time MVP, the way it'll look, all that, I, I'd still, even if he does that, I, th- I think they're going to go, okay, even though we don't like this, we're probably not going to get Marquez Valdez-Scantling back and now a few other guys back that you know we might have wanted um, but okay, we're going to have to eat it and, and deal with that cap number. I guess my broader point is this. Yeah. The cap number is an issue. It's a problem. Yeah. And there's power in that problem. Right. If Aaron Rodgers wants to handle this a certain way. And the question becomes, how could he engineer this in a manner that doesn't make him look like the bad guy? Right? Right. Because you really could. If he could. If he wants to create chaos for the Packers, here's how he creates chaos. He says to the Packers, I'm not renegotiating. I'm not extending. Deal with my cap number of 46.6. So they do. They slash and burn. They do everything they can to create the cap space necessary to have their other guys on the team. Okay, fine. They do that by next Wednesday at 4 p.m. Eastern. The next day he says, I retire. (laughs) I mean, you want chaos? That's freaking chaos. And then, then, he could pull the Brett Favre in late July and unretire. Let's say he retires, clears that cap number. Now, there's some of it that's still going to linger. It's not a full $46 million they would see. They would still have, let me get the number right, $26.8 million in his name if he retires, okay, or if he's traded. They're still carrying that much cap space for him this year. But if he would come back, in late July, like Brett Favre did, they'd have to instantly absorb his $26.4 million salary. I doubt they're going to go into training camp with enough cap space around to, to quickly absorb that. Right. Absorb that. Yeah. In 2008, this is, this is a, a fact that's been lost to history. The Packers were able to take on Brett Favre's $12 million salary. So they were able to play this out a bit. And remember how awkward it got. He shows up at practice. It's a big mess as they try to figure out where they're going to trade him. They had the luxury of time because they weren't immediately thrown into cap hell. Right. If Rodgers would say, if Rodgers would say, step one, no new contract. 
Step two, after you slash and burn your cap, I retire. Step three, I'm back late January for the start of training camp. Put me on the books for $26.4 million. I'm yeah. just saying, if he that wants to create make, chaos, he can, make it really hard. He can create right. chaos. Right. He could paint his fa- face white and be the Joker in Green Bay if he really wants to do it. Well, he could. He could. But as it goes back to our, you know, our old adage with Aaron Rodgers, though, I just I can't see him doing that. You know, the way he looks in the Green Bay Packers fans' eyes is very important to him. Like you've always said, you think he was very aware that – how Brett Favre ended it, and he didn't want to be in that type of situation. And I think that's fair. I mean, it, I think all signs, you know, or, you know, things indicate that that's on the forefront of his mind. He says that. So that's where I just don't see him doing that because he loses, you know, the appeal and public, public or the court of public, you know, favor there that way. Um, but you're right. He can make things interesting. There's no doubt. I don't disagree well, with you there. But I, let me bring this back to something that's more realistic, because even though this idea has kind of just come to me today, what it underscores is the fact that the Packers have every incentive to cooperate with this guy because he can yes. create chaos if he right. wants to. Right. So even though you have him under contract for one more year, you can't puff out your chest and say you're under contract for one more year. If you do that, then you say, fine, I'm under contract for one more year. Deal with my $46.6 million cap number. So uh, th- this gives the Packers reason to find an exit ramp. If he's not going to stay and do a long-term deal that, that smooths out this cap number and allows them to do business, then work out something reasonable. And don't expect to get three first-round picks for Aaron Rodgers. Th- it just further reinforces what I was told Friday night, that the deals are worked out. The trades are worked out. They may not be worked out between Brian Gutekunst and the general manager of the teams involved, right. but there's a middleman yeah. who's worked him out. Right. And it's just a question of Aaron Rodgers figuring out what he wants to do. But he definitely needs to – this is why he needs to figure it out by free agency. He's got to – there he is. Well done, EJ. He's got to figure it out. <laughs> He's not smoking a cigarette. He's got to figure it out by next Wednesday at 4 o'clock Eastern. Because you either got to do a new contract with the Packers by then or get traded by then because they can't carry that $46.6 million contract. No, definitely cap not. Number. No, definitely not. I mean, and if they want to keep, you know, like we talked about too, to help them out. If he does say he wants to stay in Green Bay, you know, you want Marquez Valdez-Scantling back. You want Robert Tunyon back. You know, that, that his decision – and how he plays that out is going to go a long way to who they can resign as far as some of their notable free agents. And that'll be big if he wants to be successful in Green Bay. Well, I, I think that this conversation has helped me understand why this isn't just convenience to the parties. This isn't just certainty for Devontae Adams. This is the Packers can't do business in 2022 if Aaron Rodgers I, has a 40 or, or, yeah. or if, if, if he's going to have a $46 million cap number, they need to know that by next Wednesday, next Wednesday, they need to know, are we trading him? Are we signing him to an extension that reduces his cap number? Or are we trying to find a way to devote $46.6 million to him for the final year of his contract? They need to know. And that's why Aaron Rodgers needs to let them know by next Wednesday at four o'clock Eastern. Yeah. And, and I don't know. Again, my, I, my, I just feel like the longer this goes on, the more I feel like he might, he's not going to go back to green Bay. I guess that's the way I feel. I really do. The more it drags out, it just makes me think that there is somebody else out there that he really wants to go to. It's just hard to go, wait, I'm leaving Green Bay. 
And uh, th- that just my thought. Again, not that I know that or anything like that, but, you know, being around these situations my whole life, growing up in it, you know, that would be my common sense thought there where, you know, again, if, if you were slam dunk, hey, I'm back, you'd have let the masses know already. Obviously, there's a thought of real change here. And it's a hard change to make and a hard thing to finally say, wait, I'm going to do it. And I feel like the longer we go, that, that to me, signs point going that direction. And we'll see how long this goes this week. Let me pull something else out of the air or elsewhere. What if one of the reasons he's truly torn is he doesn't really like any of the options that are out there. He knows where the deals are. He knows where he can go. And as I understand it, Green Bay, Denver, Pittsburgh, Tennessee. What if he really wants to go play for the 49ers? What what if he wants to get to San Francisco before Tommy can? Then he's going to have to be a jerk like you talked about. I mean, but, but, look, we have definitely seen him take a heel turn this past year. He has stopped being the guy who is petrified about being hated and has happily become a polarizing figure where there are people who love him and there are people who hate him. And he seems to be fueled by that. So, so, uh, what, what, what if he is deliberately delaying this? What if he is doing the Lamar Jackson strategic failure to engage and he doesn't have to do it three years like Lamar. He just got to do it for the next week. What if he waits and waits and waits and then next Wednesday rolls around at noon Eastern. They got four hours to figure this out before the Packers have the $46 million cap figure. And what if he says, hey, you know what? Remember last year when you led me to believe you were going to trade me and the 49ers wanted to trade for me? And you reneged on your promise. Um, I want to be traded to the 49ers. I, I appreciate the fact that you're willing to trade me to an AFC team, but I really want to be traded to the 49ers. And uh, now, I think he would just retire if they said, no, see, that's a problem. What's your or else at that point? Yeah, that's right. What is your or else? Right. I mean, maybe the or else is I carry my $46 million cap number into the new league year. You've got to slash and burn payroll, and then I retire after that. That's his full-blown, if I want to push this the whole way, that's what I can do. But I'm, I'm just – there are fascinating wrinkles to this that we haven't explored because we've been sitting back waiting for the phone to ring as to what he's going to do. Yeah. There, there are some real reasons here, some strategic reasons for him to continue to delay. Because if nothing else, it's going to make Goody nervous. With each passing day, with each passing hour, they're going to get more and more nervous about what's actually going to happen here. Yeah, I, I mean, they are. You're right. I mean, I'm sure they're, they're very antsy as is right now. You never know with Rodgers. You don't. I still don't think he'd want to be the bad guy and play that kind of ball, though, as far as, you know, play that kind of ball business-wise with the Green Bay Packers. Even though you're right, like he's become kind of the bad guy this year, but he became kind of the, one of the bad guys a little bit. N- not by choice. He was he was forced into that corner by being immunized and lying to all of us. So then he had yeah, no but, choice. But he, but but when, but he, he, when he goes it, full then, blown yeah, Joe Rogan, right, right. He, he embra- That was a point where he leaned right into it. No, he no leaned doubt. right he went into down it. Crazyville and said a lot of things that weren't true and scientifically wrong. There's no doubt about it. He leaned into it for sure. Uh, but I still don't think he'll have the guts 
to piss off the Green Bay fan base and look that way in their eyes. That's where I get back to, let alone my base thought, too, even though you're, like, you're right, it can make things hard. Like the 49ers thing, I just I, I would bet you there's literally like a, a 49ers with an X through it in the damn front office. There's no way they're going to let that happen. And I would bet you that's the one place Matt LaFleur would probably actually get involved and go, no way, don't trade him to him. You can trade him to anybody else. I don't even give a damn about the NFC. But not to Shanahan so he could throw it back in my face and come back here. We can't beat him in the playoffs when we have Aaron Rodgers, let alone we give them Aaron Rodgers. Holy crap, we'll never beat him. So that's where I just think that, that'll be tough to pull off. Look, I root for good stories. We know. And – and uh, well, you do too. I know. You do too. You were making your picks in the Aaron Rodgers draft yesterday based upon what would have been the best story. <laughs> I, I think I found a new best possible story, <laughs> and then I'm gonna, I am gonna root for the next week that this is what we get: full and complete chaos, and Aaron Rodgers with the ultimate boss move, forcing the Packers to trade him to the 49ers when they don't want to, under the threat of forcing them to account for his cap number and then retiring after they do everything they have to do to get their cap affairs in order. I, that's, that is my current preferred outcome because that is maximum chaos. Let's take a break. Let's look at some other free agency news when we return with a game of which doesn't belong and why. We'll do that next on this Tuesday edition of PFT. Around any corner, within every battle, and with the dawn of each new day, the threat of the unexpected, the unpredictable, and the unrelenting lies in wait. But Marines will always be there. They are the constant in the chaos. No matter the battlefield, Marines adapt to win, defeating every shifting threat, protecting our nation's future. The few, the proud, the Marines. Von Miller, uh-oh, hey, talk about ultimate boss moves. Von Miller tweeted yesterday, I kind of want that old thing back 5280. And as Chris knows, because he lived in Denver, that is a reference to the Mile High Altitude, not the Mile High Club. So uh, how about how about Von Miller winning a Super Bowl with the Broncos, being Super Bowl MVP, then getting traded at a time when the team stinks, and winning a Super Bowl with the Rams, then becoming a free agent and coming back to the Broncos when they have Aaron Rodgers or Russell Wilson at quarterback and winning another Super Bowl. That is a boss move. It would be. I mean, that, that sounds like a guy that's, you know, putting things on social media that didn't like his first offer from the Los Angeles Rams. I mean, that's what that looks like to me. I mean, again, because it just seems like everything is good, was good in L.A. You know, there's a lot, of, a lot to like there. We heard – he got the ultimate endorsement with Aaron Donald. Vaughn's back. OBJ's back. I'll be back. All right, that's a big part of it. But, yeah, I'm sure, hey, we know the the, the Rams got some high-priced high players. They got to juggle some money here. And, yeah, Vaughn Miller probably wants, you know, a good chunk of change still. He's going, wait, did you see how the way I played down the stretch of the regular season, the playoffs? You know, he was he was one of the best pass rushers in football the last five or six weeks of the year. So that's what that seems like for sure that he didn't like that first number thrown out there to his agent and company. All right, which doesn't belong and why free agency preview edition pass rushers over the age of 30. Von Miller, Chandler Jones, Jason Pierre-Paul, 
which doesn't belong and why. Well, oof, this is a, this is a good one here. Uh, mm. Other than the obvious. Well, what do you mean? What is what? What do you mean other than the just, obvious? Let's 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 just let's just continue. Uh, it went right over my head. It went right over my head there. It went right over your fingers. All right, go ahead. <laughs> that's what you were talking about. I thought that's what you meant by it. That's what, yes, Jason P, JPP's missing a few fingers for sure. He doesn't have a full deck. How dare you? He doesn't belong. I think if I'm going to go with this one right here, though, uh, I, I am going to go with, like, Chandler Jones. I think he's the one that I look at as far as, like, Von Miller, I feel like going to be in L.A. or Denver. JPP... Well, huge part of the, the the Tampa Bay organization, certainly. I think that time's come to an end. Chandler Jones, I'm going to pick him just because uh, he's still the marquee player of the Arizona Cardinals front seven. That's where it's a little different that way. You know, they got some good players up front. We know they got J.J. Watt and company. Good, but again, not to the capabilities of a guy like Chandler Jones who – you know, it's a little different, I think, in these situations because maybe he's got a little bit more power than the other two guys here in this in this uh, scenario as far as his worth to the football team. I'm just going to go very basic here and say it's Von Miller because he stands out among the others. Yeah, he's okay. the future Hall of Famer of the crowd. He's the Super Bowl MVP. Yeah. And, and the idea that he's caught in this love triangle with the Broncos and the Rams is awesome. And, hey, Von, play it for everything it's worth. Get paid. This is your last chance. This is your last chance to get paid. Get paid, Von Miller. All right, uh, next category, players who were franchise tagged last year. Allen Robinson of the Bears, Brandon Scherf of the Washington Commanders, Marcus Williams of the Saints, which doesn't belong and why? Well, I, I guess I'm going to go there with uh, Allen Robinson. Allen Robinson, just in the fact that, you know, really good football player, been stuck in a bad offense with not great quarterback play the last few years. Scherf, it's like kind of like – you know, what is he? What's his worth on the open market? How is he going to be evaluated? I know how the other two are going to be evaluated. That's why I picked Allen Robinson. Brandon Scherf's definitely one of the best guards in football. He's going to get top-of-the-line money for that position. Marcus Williams, definitely one of the better free safeties and the, one of the best free safeties in football. He is one of the best. Playing center field, can cover people, pretty good coming down, running and tackling in the run game, but has great value in the pass game. Allen Robinson, to me, is a little bit of, I, I guess, a question mark. You know, I think it was a big deal last year that they even got franchised. You know, we, we talked about it last year, right, with Allen Robinson. It was a little like um, I, it seemed like he gauged the open market and probably didn't see some of the things he liked and and went, okay, wait, you'll give me the franchise tag? I'll take it. Uh, but, of course, didn't have a huge statistical year or anything like that, so that's why I go with him. I'm going to go with Scherf just because, to me, well, first of all, there was no way he was going to be tagged because he's been tagged twice right. before. It would be quarterback money this time. But this is the guy where the next destination is obvious. Just like the Chiefs going after Joe Tooney last year when the Patriots didn't franchise tag him, the Bengals got to go after Brandon Scherf. If they want to send a message to the world that they are serious about building a team around Joe Burrow, this is the crown jewel of their first free agency class post-Super Bowl appearance. Get that guy, put him in the spot where guys kept getting pushed back into Joe Burrow's face in the Super Bowl. It's obvious, it's clear, and if the, this is the ultimate litmus test. If the Bengals are serious, they get Scherf. Oh, yeah, I, I could say that. They, they, need to, they need to do something there. And there's some offensive linemen to be had in free agency, and the Bengals certainly are going to be one of those teams you would hope to pay top-of-the-line top money to get whatever they can to, to protect Joe Burrow. Not just top-of-the-line money, but full guarantees for the first two years of the deal. They don't do that. 
they got to change or they're never going to put the guys around Joe Burrow that they need to. Next topic, potential running back upgrades via trade or free agency. Christian McCaffrey via trade. Saquon Barkley via trade. Leonard Fournette via free agency. Which one uh, doesn't belong and why? Well, I think Fournette, of course, because he's a free agent. You don't have to trade anything for him. And, you know, Fournette at the end of his career or coming towards, you know, down the home stretch, but also a guy that compared to the other two is like, you know, kind of dependable, doesn't get hurt a whole lot. I know he had the groin or hamstring injury this year. The other two were like boom or bust at this point. That's where I look at it a little bit. That's why I picked Fournette. McCaffrey and Barkley, yeah, boom, could be superstars, can do things with the ball in their hand that only a few people in, in the world can do. But at the same time, it's, it's always something, and they play running back, and there's always an injury. So that's where I'll pick Leonard Fournette just as he doesn't fit with the mold of McCaffrey and, and Barkley and where they are at their career right now. Yeah, and look, McCaffrey's a different situation altogether. He's still fairly early in a big-money deal. Barkley's got $7.2 million in base salary as his fifth-year option. I think, as I've written and as I think we've said here, the Giants would have to pay a large chunk of it to facilitate a trade. Fournette's the cleanest and easiest. He's going to be a free agent. He was the fourth overall pick in the 2017 draft. All three of these guys were top ten picks. And, frankly, even though McCaffrey has been great and Barkley had 2,000 yards from scrimmage as a rookie, you just don't take running backs in the top ten. You don't do it. And, and these three guys prove it. Grand scheme of things, you don't do it. McCaffrey had three great years to start his career. But if I'm going to use a top ten pick on a guy, I want a guy that I know is going to, or at least I'm fairly confident is going to give me a return for a decade. Offensive lineman, defensive lineman, quarterback. That's what I'm going to do with a top ten pick. Uh, running back, yeah, you may get three great years, then what? And if you're in position to get a high pick, by the time – your team starts to get better around that guy. The tread's starting to come off the top. Well, that's so just I crazy. That's, I think that's the cautionary tale for it all is. three of these guys, even though McCaffrey has been phenomenal when he's healthy. Yeah, but, I mean, it's been two, two and a half years since he's been phenomenal. I mean, that, that's, the, that's the problem, to your point. And they're paying him like he's the best player in the sport at the position. So that's, that's where it stinks. I mean, it's just, yeah, it's not a lot of football. They've got, they, he signed a big money deal, and they've gotten 10 games out of it. 10 out of 32. I mean, that's a crap That's a crap return for your investment. As awesome as he is and as much as we like him and, and everything, yeah, that, that's brutal. Saquon, yeah, you learned your lessons there. Fournette, there's a lesson to be learned there. Even that we talk about him, I'm sitting there talking about him like he's, you know, an old head and he's coming down the stretch of his the, – the home stretch of his career. He's 27 years old. I mean, it's just the running back position is crazy. It's cert- it, it really is, but – yeah, Barkley and, and McCaffrey, that's, that's going to be interesting. You know, I, I don't, like, I can't imagine anybody, you know, I, I don't know. I guess what I want, I, I can't imagine anybody trading a whole lot to get Christian McCaffrey with the current status of his contract, let alone the injuries the last two years. Barkley is one where, you know, I don't know. I, I think I could maybe see that happening or maybe at least having a chance. I wouldn't sell him down the river for, for you know, nothing if on the Giants because there is great high-end talent there to be had. I mean, he's one of the freakier guys in the game. Um, but, you know, if you feel like, hey, wait, we don't want to pay him, you know, next year or anything, $7.2 million, you might be able to find a trade suitor for that and, and, and get him, you know, get some assets for him. Pre-June 1, it's a tough trade for the Panthers to make. $26.6 million cap Man, charge nope. would happen for the Panthers, and it's an $8.4 million salary 
this year. So it's not a huge cash obligation relative to some of the other running backs. But I think it's going to be tough to make it happen this year. Maybe next year when yeah. the cap hit drops to $12 million, but it's going to be tough to pull it off this year. Next subject, top-tier cornerbacks, which doesn't belong and why. J.C. Jackson, Stephon Gilmore, Carlton Davis. Well, I, hmm, this, is, this, is, you know, this is interesting. J.C. Jackson is clearly the, like the, the gemstone of this group. I guess we're – I'm going to pick Stephon Gilmore, though. Just to just say this. These are two guys in J.C. Jackson and Carlton Davis that are still going in an upward trajectory. Carlton Davis has a lot of talent. He should get big money. I mean, not maybe top two or three cornerback money, but maybe in that top five, six, seven range as far as the NFL is concerned. You know, and, and still, I think, got a lot of good football. I mean, he's impressive to me physically and some of the things he does. J.C. Jackson, we already, we've already we talked a lot about him the last two days, one of the best corners in the sport. Gilmore, a little bit of a question. I mean, sat out half the year. You know, is he still the player we saw two, three years ago in New England? I don't think so. Again, I think we're coming down the home stretch, so that's why I go with Gilmore. Yeah, Gilmore's had his second contract. Yeah. You're right. He's not going to get gigantic money. Jackson will. Davis has a chance to get pretty good money. Right, uh, right. Gilmore, Gilmore, this is just kind of like, all right, hey, last contract, get what you can, but it's not going to be anything close to what you got when you were a free agent back uh, in whatever year it was that he left the Yeah, he seems like Patriots. a two- or three-year deal kind of guy, right? Like you give him, you know, two years, give him a good signing bonus. He helps out a team that looks at them as not, you know, we're not far away. You know, we don't need, you know, a, a huge young guy. We just need a guy that can come in here, help us out, because we're on the doorstep of being a Super Bowl contender. That's where I feel like Gilmore will end up, some team like that. Quick break. When we return, John Gruden filed some paperwork in court on Friday that throws some darts at the NFL over the Brian Flores litigation. We'll explain the connection when PFT Live continues right after this. The John Gruden lawsuit is in the very early stages of what can be a multi-year life cycle. This is how it goes. When the complaint is filed, the defendant looks for ways to try to knock the case out. And that's what the NFL has done here. They filed a motion to dismiss the case. They filed a motion to compel arbitration. So John Gruden submitted paperwork on Friday pushing back against those motions. And this can take months for this early skirmish to get resolved. What made news yesterday, and this comes courtesy of the Las Vegas Review-Journal, John Gruden using the Brian Flores litigation as a way to push back on the NFL's argument. Because here's what the NFL is doing, Chris. And I'm, I'm always fascinated by this. Uh, and I think the, the, the layperson doesn't understand how it works. In court, you have two realities that emerge very quickly. You've got the view of the case that one side has, the view of the case the other side has. And the view of the case that John Gruden has is that, hey, I may have sent some emails I shouldn't have sent, but it was wrong for you to use those as weapons and force me out of my job. The NFL's version is, hey, you're a turd for sending those messages. You shouldn't have a job anyway. And sometimes sometimes the two positions are so stark you think you're not even dealing with the same case. But that's the theory. That's the theme. And one of the right. things the NFL pushed in its paperwork was that they have a very strong interest in rooting racism, sexism, and homophobia out of the league. Thus, it's, it's perfectly justifiable that John Gruden got pushed out for the emails he sent before he was even coaching the Raiders. Right. Well, Gruden turns it around because since then, Brian Flores has filed his race discrimination lawsuit. And Gruden says, well, your comments look quite foolish because you're facing this class action from Brian Flores attacking a problem that everybody knows exists. 
racial bias in the hiring of coaches. So it just shows you how convoluted, how complicated, and how personal these cases can become. And, you know, it comes down to the simple question of whether or not Gruden's rights were violated. But it gets much more broad and much more nasty than that. It seems like it could get ugly. I mean, it really does. I mean, Mike, do you think there's merit that to there, that, that like what, what Gruden's lawyers are claiming there? I mean, do you, well, it, yeah, go ahead. Here's, here's the bottom line. Yeah. The NFL is going to make it about anything other than the NFL's behavior. And when you have a plaintiff who did some unsavory things, you spend all your time hammering on the unsavory things the plaintiff did. Right. You're ultimately going to go to a jury here and a jury has to want to take money from one side and give it to the other. If the jury doesn't like John Gruden, they're not going to give him anything. So this is just an indication of how the case is going to go. They're going to crap on John Gruden every chance they can because of the emails he sent. I look at it and I say, "Okay, fine. He sent the emails. He got what he deserved. But were his rights violated by the NFL or by someone in peeling off a handful of emails from a supposedly secret trove of 650,000 documents that they're not going to show to anyone, weaponizing those documents by leaking them to the media, knowing damn well what the outcome was going to be, engineering his, his forced resignation. That, see, that, that's where the challenge becomes, and this is kind of like what we talked about with Calvin Ridley. You've got to set aside the facts that would cause you to say, oh, well, this is a no-brainer, get him the hell out of here, and say, was it really right? for whoever leaked those emails to do it. That's the gist of the John Gruden lawsuit. He argues he was targeted by someone for termination, Obviously. and they used those emails right. as a weapon to get him out. And the NFL is going to say it doesn't matter. The emails themselves justify you not being the coach of the Raiders. Yeah, I, I mean, yes. And, and I, I guess what I mean is you think he'll be, he's going to be able to prove these type of things? You know, I mean – uh, again, well, it's just I feel like we've had no inkling, or at least I've had no inkling. You know a lot of people. I know a lot of people. I mean, I just I, I never feel like I hear any rumor or anything about how these emails are released. I hear nothing of those along those lines. And not that I know or you know every rumor in football, but I feel like with big subjects like these, we kind of start to hear a few things through the grapevine, and that, that's one I haven't heard anything about. Not many people had access to these emails. Yeah, right. I know that for yeah, a fact. Yeah, right. And so it's a short look, list. I think it may be as simple as someone from the league did it to get after John Gruden. Or, and again, this is speculation. This is not reporting a fact. Don't sue me, Daniel Snyder. The other possibility is Snyder went scorched earth after he got punished for what happened with the Washington Commanders. He has access to these emails. He leaked them just just because he could. Just the, the, he, he was the joker in that scenario. He's going to create some chaos. Again, this is just speculation as to how it could happen and what the motivation would be. But the universe of people who had those documents was very small. If Gruden can get past these early hurdles, if he can keep the case alive, if he can keep the case in court and not in arbitration, we all get to find out what he learns when his experts get a chance to pour over all the digital footprints and evidence and figure out who leaked what to whom when that will be fascinating but there aren't many suspects the question is 
proving which one actually did it. Let's go ahead and take a break. You got something more? I see, no, I see that, I see that hand good. move a little bit out no, of my peripheral No, vision. no, you were good. All good. All right. Yep. All right, let's take a break. We're going to draft the quarterbacks most likely to be starting somewhere else in 2022. We'll do that next year on PFT Live. got a big mother here okay i gotta talk to this big from colorado state yeah another big here you're a specimen you're a specimen and this guy's got like a different level of thickness so we're talking what you're 6'3 6'3 225 225 oh i, I should have asked you how much you squat <laughs> i was keeping your quads i was watching it all and he's got a huge freaking cinder block head too that you can just <laughs> bash people with all right all right all right johnny big hands let me see because i got some big ones too all right Ooh, it was close it's close it's close longer damn fingers than me all right damn you do have big hands here so you tell the truth all right fine all <laughs> <laughs> oh, the payoff bring him to there jail Bring Jim him in there. doing the perp walk. Throw him in the paddy wagon. Get him out of here. Oh, wow. That's good. All right. Uh, quarterbacks that will start for a different team next season. Jim Harbaugh was once one of those guys who moved from one team to another. Here's a trivia question. Yesterday we asked who Aaron Rodgers threw his first touchdown pass to. It was Greg Jennings. Chris, Chris almost had it. He had the right reasoning, had the right game, just had the wrong guy. Now, Chris, who did Russell Wilson throw his first touchdown pass to i've guessed it right and i'm I, okay without the hint so wait it. so yeah so wait it's in that green bay bad referee game right the fail mary or whatever right it was that game i believe it was that, week four was that week four? Oh yeah you're right yes. i was thinking that was an opener uh mm, so this is week oh, former viking it's against the cardinals pete told me i'll just i'll go with doug baldwin I said former Viking. Do you want oh, to change Oh, it was Percy answer? Harvin. I did not hear you say that. Percy Harvin, then. That's womp, easy. Womp, womp, Oh, still on it's Nate, Nate Burleson? Sidney Rice. Oh, Sidney Rice. Damn. <laughs> there was a lot of Vikings-Seahawks uh, crossovers there. A lot, of, lot, of, lot of plenty of former Vikings <laughs> ended up playing receiver for the Seahawks. That's right. for damn sure. All right. Uh, <laughs> wow. Quarterbacks that will start for a different team next season. I was going to say Carson Wentz, but there's no guarantee he's going to start. Is there a guarantee he's going to start for somebody? I think he will. I'll say Carson Wentz. He's surely going to find a starting job somewhere. The Steelers have Mason Rudolph as their starter. By the time these dominoes fall and the musical chairs happen, there's going to be a seat for Carson Wentz somewhere as a starter. There has to be. Yeah, I, 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 I would think so. I'm with you. You know, It's not going to be one that like any fan base is going to go, oh, my gosh, yes, we got Carson Wentz. But Carson Wentz still played good football last year. He did. He's still worthy of being a starting quarterback. He is He is that, and I agree with you. I think that's kind of how it's going to kind of shake out. It's going to be one of those where, I don't know, I don't envision him being with the Colts for some reason. I just feel like he wore out his welcome there. But, yeah, this is going to be one of those where, wait, one team gets left out of the quarterback derby, and now it's, okay, we'll, we'll take Carson Wentz. I, I hear you there. All right. Well, like, you didn't want to pick Tom Brady? He didn't want to go there. I mean, you, all you've been telling me about is Brady's going to play for another team. You're convinced. You're convinced. You're convinced. Well, but but I'm going to go we're, with we're, it. We're, Screw with it. Okay, yeah, we don't good. know if Carson good. Wentz is either. We don't know. None of it. I'm going to go with Brady because as time goes here, it just seems like Brady is giving himself more and more wiggle room. I know the Sean Payton with the Tom Brady to Miami was a real thing. So all of that 
let alone, listen, I don't know. It is weird. His ex-friend Brian Greasy is the quarterback coach with the 49ers now and all that. There's, there's a lot of things. You know, Shanahan didn't go to the combine the week Brady was out in San Francisco visiting his family. I, that's weird. I don't know what else to say. So I'm going to say that, yes, it looks like Tom Brady's trying to finagle his way to, to another team, and I'm going to pick Brady to be on another team. Golick was on PFTPM with me yesterday. He's on board with Brady to the 49ers. I just don't feel as strongly about it as Carson Wentz playing for another yeah, team. Yeah, I got because, you. Right. Because, look, we're still not 100% sure the Buccaneers aren't going to play hardball. I've been kind of trying to speak it into existence, but maybe they will right. play hardball. Next one for me, hmm. I guess I got to go Jimmy G, right? Yeah. Especially if Tom Brady's taking over in San Francisco, Jimmy G is going to be gone. Pittsburgh makes sense. Other teams have been mentioned. New Orleans, Washington. There's there's going to be a spot for Jimmy G somewhere. I would think so. Now, where I, I do find it interesting just with, I mean, a spot, yes. Who, why, trade for Jimmy G? He can't practice with you all OTAs. You know, you're rolling the dice. He'll even be ready to start training camp. I mean, I feel like him getting the surgery was almost a little bit of like an, you know, an up yours to the to the San Francisco 49ers. It certainly hurts their position, I would think, a little bit, at least a little. But I'm with you there. He's certainly on my list. All right, well, the next one's easy. I mean, Deshaun Watson, I can guarantee he will start for another team next year. Uh, or he at least won't be starting for the Houston Texans. I can guarantee that. But I, I got to think he's, you know, we know he's on team's radar. We know there's teams that are interested if some of this stuff could get – you know, figured out as far as the civil lawsuits and everything there. But Deshaun Watson, uh, I would think, is starting, you know, and playing football in 2022 for someone else. I, I guess I got to finish with Aaron Rodgers then. Yeah. I have to. Even though I think that there's a chance he stays put, I'm with you. The longer this goes, and, and I don't know that he really cares about putting the fans' minds at ease. He didn't care about it last year. He took his decision on whether or not he was going to play in 2021 all the way up until the deadline. But, but I, I do think the longer this goes, the more likely it is he leaves. Yeah, I, 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 that's the way I feel. I mean, I just feel like if it was, it was easy, Green Bay, you know, wham, bam, hey, it's the Packers, it would have been said already. This is a tough decision because he's thinking about leaving, and that's why it's getting drawn out. And he wants to make sure it's right to leave that, that at least will be my thought well we're coming down to the list i mean to the end here i i, I know there's not too many more other viable options we got marcus mariota you know but i, I don't know for i don't think he i'm not sure he's going to be a starter so i mean for for sake of this i'm going to go with russell wilson i am we know teams are calling we know seattle is you know in a little bit of a bind at least you know as we talked about yesterday or in the last two years of russell wilson's contract he's got complete and total power after next year so right now, you can make a move, and I know he has a no-trade clause, but, you know, of course, maximize what you can get back for him. I guess that's what I'll say. So I'll go with Russell Wilson there. I can't go with some of the other guys on the list. What about Jared Goff? Do you think yeah. he's going to be the Lions quarterback this year? Mm. We, we don't talk about him at all. I, I mean, know. We, we know who Jared Goff is. We know who he isn't. Right. I'd, I'd like to think if the Lions are ready to make a push – they got to be thinking about other alternatives. I, I, I would think so, too, definitely. I mean, you know, the draft seems to be something that you would think is going to be a real option for the Detroit Lions. Now, picking them at number two, I don't a quarterback at two, that doesn't make sense this year. But maybe they trade down a few spots. I don't know. Maybe they trade this, the second-round pick to move up a little bit. I don't know what they'll do. But i, I got to think they're looking for options. One thing they had to have known after evaluating last year is that Jared Goff is certainly not the quarterback of the future, and they need to upgrade there and some sort of plan going forward. Um, 
I, I, I agree with you. And, and oh, you know, Kenny, back to the small hands thing, the idea that they'd consider a guy with smaller hands than Jared Goff would be, would be a great story if that's what they would do with <laughs> Kenny Pickett, whose hands are smaller than Jared Goff. So let's take a break. We'll be back with more PFT Live right after this. Rarely do you get a majority with a four-choice option on a poll, and it's technically not a majority. It's exactly 50%. Four games, folks believe, is the fairest suspension for Calvin Ridley. A 5.8% block say get rid of him for life. Jeez. Yeah, geez, wow. Those folks must be fun at parties. Um, <laughs> I, I, I think four or eight would have made the most sense, given, given what we know and yeah. given what he's admitted to. Yeah, I would have, you know, yeah, anywhere in that range, you know, eight, six, four, I mean, anything there. I can, I can understand eight. I can understand eight. I could get behind that. I get that. It's a serious infraction, and we know we don't want any wiggle room here with that. But, man, a full season, that's a little harsh. We'll have more on this throughout the day at PFT, and I'm sure we'll be talking about it at 5 p.m. Eastern on PFT PM. Everybody have a great day. See you later. See ya. With the Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card, you can earn unlimited 2% cash rewards on purchases you want and purchases you need. That means you earn on what you want, like trying out that new workout class, and 2% cash rewards on what you need, like a foam roller for your sore muscles. That's the beauty of the Active Cash Credit Card. It's ready when you are with unlimited 2% cash rewards. The Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card. That's real life ready. Terms apply. Learn more at wellsfargo.com/slash activecash.